The information you want, the information you need on your Tri-Cities Morning News. It's Thursday, October 14th. Good day to you. This is the Kona News Podcast, an abridged version of what you hear on the Tri-Cities Morning News, weekday mornings on News Radio 610 KONA. I'm Derek Maselli. And I'm Glenn Bogan. Kennewick police responded to a robbery at the Grand Central Coffee Station on Clearwater early this morning. The suspect reportedly assaulted the clerk and stole the cash till. Kennewick's K9I have been called to the area and deployed, but officers not able to locate the suspect. If you have any information about this morning's robbery, please contact 509-628-0333. A number of Washington cities with a local income tax ban now at 9. Richland has passed a local income tax ban as a charter city. It could follow the lead of Spokane and Yakima and ask voters to place the local income tax ban into the city charter. One county and nine Washington cities have now acted to ban a local income tax, including Battleground, Granger, Kennewick, Moses Lake, Spokane, Yakima County, and more. Yakima voters this November actually will consider a charter amendment to ban that local income tax. It was an inferno to say the least. A lot of flames and a lot of smoke. Grand County Fire District Number 5 Captain Sean Killian talking about a blaze that burned the Elmira Elementary School to the ground on Tuesday. Still an active fire scene and crews are remaining on scene. Killian says that's to make sure any hot spots are mopped up. You can see uh, pictures of this heartbreaking fire by visiting our Facebook page. Just remember to search News Radio 610 KONA. He was accused of molesting an elementary-aged child nearly a decade ago. And yesterday, that suspect pled guilty in Franklin County. 44-year-old Antonio Avila Gonzalez admitted to molesting a child who was between the ages of 7 and 9 years old between 2012 and 2013. Prosecutors want 65 months to life behind bars, a 50-year sexual assault protection order, and registration as a sex offender for life. It's an update uh, to a story about a shooting at the Legends Casino parking lot in Toppenish. Yakima County Sheriff's Office says the victim of the shooting still alive, and uh, she's been identified as 37-year-old Lupe Torres. Police are still searching for the suspect, who's named Buddy McKenzie. Right now, there's a nationwide arrest warrant for him. Police are still getting tips in this case. But so far, still no word where Buddy is. Lots of drugs and lots of money seized from two Yakima residents after a stolen car stop in Ephrata turned into much more. The 23- and 18-year-olds are currently in custody after police pulled them over just outside Soap Lake. They took into custody J. Jesus Cuevas and his passenger, Christina Cuevas. During a subsequent search of both of the Cuevases, they found suspected heroin, suspected methamphetamine, 750 suspected fentanyl pills, and $2,800 in cash. That's Grand County Sheriff's Office PIO Kyle Foreman saying a search warrant was served on the vehicle and law enforcement found two more pounds of suspected meth, 750 more fentanyl pills, and over $2,800 in cash. Inching closer to a COVID-19 vaccine mandate for kiddos under 12. Pfizer asked the FDA to authorize its vaccine for kids aged 5 to 11. We expect the FDA to meet later this month and the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices meet in early November. Washington State Assistant Health Secretary Michelle Roberts says those familiar steps uh, that other authorized vaccines have gone through. Canadians may soon be able to come down to Washington State thanks to a plan to fully reopen the border next month, but 
For residents of Point Roberts, it really can't come soon enough. Half our people here in Point Roberts, including me, are dual citizens. We're Canadian and U.S. That's local Chamber of Commerce President Brian Calder for Point Roberts in Washington. He told CTV in Vancouver that in their town, you have to drive through Canada just to reach the rest of Washington state. A reminder with fall here and winter weather occasionally knocking on the door. Inspect your tires. Make sure they have good tread on them, properly inflated and balanced well. And that's going to help you significantly in inclement weather. Washington State Patrol Trooper Chris Thorson. Coming up, we'll talk with Caleb Silver, Editor-in-Chief of Investopedia, about how prices are rising for just about everything, everywhere. All that and more next on the Kona News Podcast. It's the Kona News Podcast, courtesy of News Radio 610 KONA, an abridged version of what you hear on the Tri-Cities Morning News Monday through Friday. We're talking now with Caleb Silver, who is editor-in-chief of Investopedia. He's Derek Maselli. I'm Glenn Wagner. And Caleb, it seems like everywhere you turn, it doesn't matter if it's the gas pump, the grocery store shelves, prices are moving higher. How much are we seeing those prices move up, and are we going to see relief anytime soon? Great question. Prices rose 5.4% on an annualized basis for consumer goods. That's the consumer price index. We got that info yesterday, but you're right. Gasoline prices up 42%. Uh, Bacon up 19%. Eggs 13%. Restaurants 5%. Everywhere you look, everywhere we actually spend money is where those price increases are happening, but they're also happening in goods and services, and a big part of that is the fossil fuel costs, the oil and gas that we uh, spend money on to fill our cars, to transport goods on jets or ships, and to heat our homes. Those prices are really rising high. When we look at those fossil fuel costs that you mentioned, no surprise, I suppose, that some of the OPEC nations and member institutions uh, may be a little hesitant to really up supply given the, what, what they went through with, with oil prices not just too long ago in the earlier stages of the pandemic here. But is there a danger, Caleb, in your opinion, of kind of a positive feedback loop where we start to see some situations where supply chains look a little shaky, certain industries look maybe a little uncertain, and so investors tend to pull support from and and pull money from those industries, which only kind of further perpetuates that spiral of sorts? Or is that something that we're not really concerned about right now? No, that's something to be concerned about. We saw it yesterday. Apple is warning that it won't have enough chips to to make its uh, iPhone 13. It depends on those new iPhone releases for a big part of its sales. I bring up Apple because there's so many iPhones out there, and iPhone sales are a key driver of that stock. And that stock, by the way, is one of the most widely held by retail investors across the country. So you see it there. You see it in chip makers in general because we can't make enough microchips to meet demand, and you have the supply chain issues at the nation's ports happening. You see it there. You also see it in raw goods. Uh, sugar, coffee, cotton, copper, all of the things that, that go into everything that we make and eat, those prices are rising. You've seen consumers kind of hold steady here. Spending has been pretty robust, and I think that's because we weren't spending money like we are now last year for obvious reasons. We're starting to spend a lot more. The question is, will it hold up? And on Friday, tomorrow, we'll get the retail sales. For September, we'll see how much it held up in the past month. We had the Delta variant, of course, but we also had you know, the reopening of schools. People were traveling a little bit more. We're going to see how resilient the consumer is. Consumer spending is 70% of U.S. GDP. As soon as that starts to fall off, then you'll see investors turn the other way. Caleb, put this in perspective for me, please. Uh, the CPI shooting up nearly 5.5% year over year. 
as far as a 20-year average or even historical highs, where does that fall in the last 100 years? 5.4% is kind of a record on an annualized basis, and that's coming off of another record. But again, inflation, you know, at 5.4%, it feels that way right now. It's really going to level off somewhere between 35 and 4%. That's high, but it's not as high as it was in the 1970s. Talk to anybody that was around back then. That was no fun at all. You're never going to see, well, I wouldn't say never, but you're not going to see that right now. We don't have that type of inflation. But these are high prices, and they're higher than what we've experienced in quite a while at a time where uh, consumers are really trying to get level set and, and spend like we used to spend and resume their lives, even though we're not done with this virus yet. They're still trying to do that in terms of travel, in terms of booking those uh, holiday vacations or those uh, plane trips uh, to go see family they haven't seen in quite a while. So you're feeling it, but I don't know if it's going to last much longer. The big bogeyman here is oil prices, because if we get a cold winter, an extra cold winter, we've already seen heating prices. Uh, skyrocket in anticipation of that. They happen in Europe. There are record highs there. Heating prices are rising here, as are jet fuel costs, as are gasoline prices, which are up some 40% from last year. So you're feeling it everywhere you, you, you go and everywhere you spend money. Real quickly here, Caleb, before we let you go, has there been any talk at the federal level right now of what to do in terms of this uh, addressing this increased cost of living now for people with prices for just about everything going up? Yeah, there was good news for, for retirees who depend on those Social Security payments. The Social Security Administration raised COLA, the cost of living adjustment, yesterday to 5.9% for next year. That's a pretty big increase, the biggest one we've seen in 39 years. On average, for folks who are getting those checks, that's about a $90 increase per month. That could be significant if you're married and you're both receiving Social Security. That could be even higher. So that helps a little bit to help offset some of those costs. But if prices keep rising, especially in those key items we spend our money on, again, gas and food, then that might not mean so much but that does help for the near term we'll see how long these prices last and if that really does cover those extra expenses tough times though for folks on that fixed income caleb silver investor investopedia editor-in-chief thank you for joining us this morning on the tri-cities morning news Going to News podcast continues now. We'll take a look at some national headlines and then also other stuff going on here in the Pacific Northwest. I'm Derek Maselli. And I'm Glenn Vaughan. After workers at Kellogg's cereal plants walked off the job last week, upset with long hours, employees at another major American company went on strike earlier today. ABC's Terry Moran has more. 10,000 workers at John Deere hit the picket lines in Iowa, Illinois, and Kansas. They argue that even as the agricultural equipment company's profits grew by 61% in recent years and as their CEO's salary grew by 160% during the pandemic, their pay has actually been cut. Again, that was ABC's Terry Moran. A bump in Social Security checks coming this winter right around the holiday season. It could add up to about $90 more a month for those who get Social Security benefits. Uh, ABC's Deidre Bolton says the bump is to try and offset higher prices caused by inflation. Prices have been rising for gas, groceries and insurance, all of which crunch senior citizens on fixed incomes. The cost of living increase is calculated based on a formula of what we all pay for everyday items. Just yesterday, the Bureau of Labor Statistics said that prices are up 5.4% over the last year, the highest increase since the 2008 financial crisis. 
Again, ABC's Deidre Bolton. The White House is denying a claim of former President Donald Trump to declare executive privilege on a series of documents regarding the January 6th attack on the Capitol. President Biden, in a letter to the National Archives, instructing officials to there to release those documents in 30 days. ABC's Cecilia, Cecilia Vega has more. President Biden has now delivered another formal blow to former President Trump's push to keep private these documents that could show exactly what he was doing behind closed doors there on January 6th. And Trump, he's expected to sue over this to try to block the release of these documents. So we're likely looking at a legal fight coming up on this one. And Norwegian authorities now calling it a terror attack when they say a man fired a bow and arrow off in a store. It happened in a small town outside Norway's capital. ABC's James Longman has more. Four women and a man were killed. They were all aged between 50 and 70. And the two people who were wounded, they're both in intensive care right now. One of them was an off-duty police officer who happened to be in the store shopping at the time. Again, ABC's James Longman. Tensions rising along uh, Israel's northern border with Lebanon. The Iranian-backed terrorist group vowing to avenge deadly strikes late Wednesday. It accuses Israel of carrying out. But the blame also extending to D.C., a rare move. Israel has long called Iran and its allies' uh, presence in Syria a, quote, red line that posed a major security risk. Israeli officials have admitted to carrying out hundreds of strikes on Iranian positions in Syri- on Syrian soil. The uh, shadow war continues as the U.S. gears up for renewed talks with Tehran on rejoining the Iranian nuclear deal, a move that Israel opposes. Here's ABC's Jordana Miller in Jerusalem. Hezbollah and other Iranian-backed militias in Syria threatening a, quote, very harsh response. That after deadly airstrikes in homes in Palmyra that they blame on Israel and the U.S. An alliance of pro-Iranian militias say several members were killed in the airstrikes, one hitting the T-4 airbase. That attack, they say, originated from the Al-Tanf U.S. military base. The U.S. and Israel are not commenting, but Israel has previously admitted attacking the T-4 airbase. Jerusalem is taking Hezbollah's threat seriously. The airspace above the Golan Heights closed for at least 24 hours. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. And if you feel sick and you think you might have coronavirus, get the first test you can get access to no matter what. If it's a rapid test or a slower C- a PCR test. Such that you will get a pretty good result, uh, a pretty reliable result uh, in that context, whatever type of testing that you use. University of Washington Chief of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology, Dr. Jeff Barrett, says if you don't have have symptoms, just get a PCR. If you have a swab and there's about 100 or 200 viruses, just really, just 100 or 200 viruses on that swab, we can detect that with a PCR. Barrett says the only drawback to the PCR test is it is slower. While we're on the topic of COVID, the Spokane Valley Fire Department estimating it'll cost between $50,000 and $65,000 a year to accommodate 22 of its unvaccinated firefighters. They were granted exemptions to the requirement, but that means additional costs for compliance now, including daily testing and potential overtime to cover shifts. The unvaccinated firefighters are being split between Station 1 in Spokane Valley and Station 10 in Liberty Lake. Health officials say new uh, cases of COVID are down across all age groups across the Evergreen states. The Department of Health reporting a seven-day case rate of 234 infections per 100,000 people, which is down from early September's peak of over 
300 infections per 100,000 people. Still, there were 88 new deaths, raising Washington's death total since the pandemic broke out to over 8,000. The Oregon Health Authority, meanwhile, reporting 10 new COVID hospitalizations yesterday for a total of 595 people hospitalized. Those numbers down from where they were previously, but there were still 33 new coronavirus deaths, raising the cumulative total to 4,117. A man who is uh, sending marijuana from Oregon to Georgia for distribution has pleaded guilty in federal courts. Federal prosecutors say 29-year-old Dante Bacala uh, bought, bought marijuana in Oregon, then shipped it via freight to Georgia where it was sold in the Atlanta area as well as North Carolina. The uh, distributors then shipped the money back to Oregon in vacuum-sealed bags, and sometimes it was hidden in things like buckets of drywall spackling compound. Federal agents found 330 pounds of marijuana at his house. He'll be sentenced in December and will face at least five years in prison and a $5.5 million fine. Washington State Ferries reducing service on nearly half a dozen routes. Starting this weekend, the ferry service imposing cuts to at least five of its routes due to an ongoing staffing shortage. The Anacortes San Juan Island route is going to be reduced from four boats to three, and four other routes will also see a one-boat reduction from their usual schedules. The changes do not have a specified end date. One local company says they've developed a long-term fire retardant that the U.S. Forest Service is all is supporting. It t- uh, took a lot of work, though, to get there. The research that the U.S. Forest Service has done accounts for aquatic toxicity, mammalian toxicity, through an ecological risk assessment, a human health risk assessment. Wes Bolson is business director for Wildfire Prevention with Perimeter Solutions. So. How does this product work? What we've been able to do is develop a product that has a very high level of adherence to the vegetation. So now a single annual application may help to prevent ignitions for the entire fire season. Perimeter Solutions has a factory in Pasco where the new long-term retardant is being produced. A task force giving Portland City Council a list of ideas to help it address climate change and transportation-related issues. The recommendations include a list of suggested fees on business deliveries, parking, and tolls. The group says its main goal is to reduce the number of vehicles downtown. Looking to uh, fuel your fireplace or wood burner this winter? Well, Kennewick Fire Department says there are certain types of fire starters you should avoid using indoors. We don't recommend leaves or pine needles to ever be used inside a house. Usually using just your normal kindling that you get from the store or, you know, small pieces of wood. We don't want things that will actually catch on fire and float around inside the house. Fire Inspector Lincoln Swenson also suggests keeping cords of wood and other flammable materials at least 30 feet from your home. There's been another installment of the Kona News Podcast, an abridged version of what you hear every weekday morning on the Tri-Cities Morning News on News Radio 610 KONA. Derek Maselli saying thanks for listening.